I'm looking at a picture here and Paul Giamatti's wearing a vest jumper. Yeah, yeah. You of know. My stomach, sorry. Is that away. still your stomach? Is that a problem? Jesus, I just, you, you know, need it's feeding. A, it's the courtship. So. Yeah, earlier. Yeah. Um, just... <laughs> 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 Welcome to episode 93. Three. Good Lord. 90 Thrizzle. 90 Thrizzle of Pulp Kitchen. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. We talk movies and TV and have a good laugh here. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. Hope you've had a great week in the beginnings of September. The new, the new academic year. I worked out I, that I would be in year 24. I very conveniently, I'm always in the year that it is. So 2023, I'm in year 23. That will be the rest of my life. Yes. So in, in, I was in year 13 in 2013. Got it. And I was in year 10 in year 10, like apart from a little few, a couple of few months. Oh, I see. So that's really useful for me to know I'm in year, I'm coming up to year 24. Mm. But um, I've always, me and Tally, I've always thought September is the thematic start of the year. Always. Yes, thematic. Yeah. yeah. That's a very good point. Yes. I really do. It really do, it does feel like a new, new beginning. I feel like new opportunities happen. Summer really does, the end of summer feels like a natural end Every- point to a year. And everyone's very refreshed. And everyone's very refreshed. And I, I do think the start of September, generally, I think both in social work and business, represents this ramping up of something new. Mm. And usually I think people do start jobs. And I think like, it's also like financial, financial calendars work this way. And you build up marketing budget and, and social yeah. parties and events culminate at Christmas. And yeah. then there's this break and then it's back with spring and the summer and then it stops. Mm. And I just think that is school starts. Life yeah. starts, yeah. Yeah, I um, my birthday is also September. Well, also, so I'm like yes, new I've, age, new year. Uh, Friday, June. I've always thought June, July, August, September. Right? Mm-hmm. June is like a month long Friday. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's what you in mean. the air. July is like a month long Saturday. Sure. August is with definitely a month long Sunday. You get the Sunday scaries the whole month, and then Saturday you have the bank holiday. Sorry, um, September is a Monday. Month. Absolutely Monday. Oh, but not, but not like, but not like Monday that. blues. But like, kind no, of like, it's like here we go, here we go. Yeah, I've fresh. Had a, I've had a long weekend. And I'm ready now. August I, this year felt very. I don't know you, but felt very sleepy. Yeah, I agree. But always in life, like my work opportunities and my social opportunities, I always have found post school, new begin, and post uni, right. New beginnings are in September. Mm. I've started jobs in September. I've started mm. life events. I've met people in September and relationships have carried on through that. And as we talked about last week, it is that like handing over, changing of the, yes. the seasons of film-wise. Mm-hmm. We've moved out of summer blockbuster. We are bye now bye getting... Bye-bye, Barbenheimer. Waving goodbye. Bye. Bye. The weird forward the wave. Weird wave from Barbie. That, was that explained? Unexplained. And then we have now the interesting smaller films and the ramping up to Oscar season. Let's go, baby. We're filming this right now. It's the Venice Film Festival currently. Yeah. And George and Mal be... Clooney pictured in beautiful linen suits and dresses getting on and off of boats. Were they there? Yeah. Oh, were they? They got married there. Sure. But why were they... What's he What's he doing there? Uh, he's a producer, I, maybe. He's there yeah, I just saw a headline on the Daily Mail and they were like, bravely steps out in gorgeous attire. Amal over, like, okay. overshadows George Clooney. That's all I needed to know is that they were there being fabulous. With that being the time of year, we're going to be talking about the London Film Festival this year. Now, mm. anyone who's listened to the show for longer than a year will know that last year, James and I were able to get, you know, got access as part of our, you know, podcast credentials to early screenings of films that were showing in the festival. And we, and we reviewed some stuff ahead of time, which was great. And we're going to be doing that again this year. We're looking forward to seeing what mm. we can capture in those two weeks. But that's not until October. But 
London Film Festival, or LFF for short, mm-hmm. has released its program, which the public can attend and buy tickets for. Yep. And we've got some really, really interesting films coming up this season. So we're mm-hmm. going to go through a short list of the most interesting things that are that are coming our way onto our screen. And some of these are very likely to be nominated for Best Picture, Absolutely. Best Actor. You'll see a lot of, of these being spoken about yeah. in, the, in the awards and season race. Some of the conversations we've had and with other people, I think we're in a really good year. I think it's, it's from based on what... I mean, we haven't seen the films. For, well, for all we know, some of them could be rubbish. But just looking around at some of the talent and some of the films that look like they're really going for it, I think this is a really, really good year. Based, I thought last year was good. I think this year's definitely upping it. Again, not seen the films. Based on the list they're about to go through, just on that, we have new films from a lot of very interesting directors. Yeah. Scorsese, David Fincher, Todd Haynes, Alexander Payne, Jeff Nichols, Sofia Coppola, Andrew Haig... Also, you know, um, newcomers like James Samuel, Bradley Cooper, Yorgos Lanthimos, and not included in LFF, but Michael Mann is also returning with Ferrari as well. It's a really, really mm. interesting Lots year. of prosthetics, lots of costumes. Wigs. Fat suits. Yeah. Uh, no, they've retired that. They? Actually, the, 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 what's well, the fat suit this year? D- Brendan Fraser. That was, the, that was last year. No, but I'm saying, like, well, I, I, saw, I reckon um, Adam Driver's wearing a fat suit in Ferrari. Have you seen the pictures of it? I no, think he's so. very lean. He's very lean. He's I got, thought he's he's got a head of a head of a, a headpiece on it. Oh no 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 no! Look, someone's going to wear a fat suit. <laughs> I think I think they'll be like, this is the fat suit non-year because we did that with the whale. <laughs> it's still got Brandon did, um, Fraser's sweat marks. Did Christian in it. Bale for Vice do a fat suit or was that Au Naturel? Oh, it was Au Naturel. You know him. Yeah. Look, that's a wig. Look at that big wig on Driver there. Oh yeah, wigs. Anyway, he is looking actually quite scrawny. So if you want to get a scoop and get an, you know, an ear to the ground on the exciting films that are coming this way, not just in London Film Festival, but you know, in the beginning of the awards calendar. Listen forward to this episode. And in a few months when someone's like, do you know about this film where Bradley Cooper's playing much? Yes, and you can have a wonderful little little sound Because I your heard friends. about it on Pulp Kitchen. Please, no, I Please to go a listen really to a really good podcast called Pulp Kitchen. Please go and listen they, to they Pulp Kitchen. About it, yes. Anyway, Let's should we get through that list now? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So, London Film Festival, hundreds of films showing, but we're going to be going through some of the big highlights, some of the ones that are showing at the galas from the big names. Kicking us off, the opening night gala is a film called Saltburn, which is the second film from Emerald Fennell, who we know, who we know of course, did Promising Young Woman. It stars Barry Keoghan, Jacob Elordi, Rosamund Pike, and our favourite Richard E. Grant. Um, and I actually first heard about this film because he was filming something in his garden, and it was like, just this, I got this hour and I rap shooting with Emerald Fennell on the wonderful, exquisite, 
Saltburn. Anyway, the premise is this. Struggling to fit in at an Oxford university, Oliver finds himself drawn into the world of the charming and aristocratic Felix, who invites him to Saltburn, his eccentric family's sprawling, a, sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. Got a whiff of Brideshead Revisited I was Revisited just about there. to say. That sounds a bit of someone who's been in an adaptation of Brideshead Revisited. Have cool. you actually? Yeah, yeah, oh, was Sebastian. That's one of my favourite books. Oh, really? I love it, yeah. yeah. Um, interesting cast, interesting premise. If Promising Young Woman... You, Promising Young Woman was about skewering sex relationships, uh, sexual assault, and interrelationship between uh, men and women. This is clearly looking at privilege, class, wealth, mm. toxicity of money. Now, James, how do you feel about that film? Um, I think I'm very excited for it. I'm very excited to see more of Barry Keoghan post Banshees of Inner Sharon because yeah. I complete. I was. I already thought he was good, but I completely was like, oh, he's on. He's, he's shot to the top of my of my list of actors. Um, Jacob Elordi. Again, I'm just talking about the actors in it. I thought he was really good in Euphoria. I see a lot of hype around Jacob Elordi, and not to diss Jacob Elordi, but I'm like, I've only seen you in one thing, and there's a lot of hype. I'd like to see you do more. Well, similarly yeah. with Reggie Jean Page, I'm like, yes, I know you were very attractive and, and suave in um, Bridgerton. What's face? Bridgerton, and I thought you were funny in Dungeons and Dragons recently. So much hype. I think the hype with the Lordy is about his potential because we haven't seen him in anything. And we've, yeah. we'll be talking about him with another film later as well. Um, and like Reggie Jean Page being on, in all the lists to play Bond. Mm. And I'm always just a bit like, it's not that I'm against you need it. A like, bit more. I need to see more before I'm like, you could play Bond. And the decision ultimately lies with you, James. Uh, it does. <laughs> uh, um, Barbara Broccoli's, uh, I've, got, I've got a meeting with her soon. And then I see him in all these like, um, uh, very wanky EV commercials before mm. the cinema, just being very smooth. In it. It's because he in is a, very good looking. He's very good looking, very, very suave. Mm. But I'm like, come on, give me a bit more. But I'll, I will be interested to see Jacob Elordi in something I wonder else. if he's playing an Englishman then. Is he doing an English accent? Oh, good point. Unless he's doing like an ex, you know, Wait. an American student at... Could be. Where's it set again? At Oxford University. At Oxford, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Um, I'm intrigued by this. Obviously, it's the opening night gala, so it's clearly a big film. Yeah. I love Barry Keoghan. I'm intrigued by Jacob Elordi. Rosamund Pike, I think, is always incredibly yeah, always. dependable. And I think still... Interesting to see as well. Still kind of under appreciated even though she's like she has her roles i think she won a golden globe mm. recently richly grant obviously we love and i love that richly grant has, is now getting the big profile work um i really really didn't like promising young woman I yeah we talked i know about that. Said, I, yeah. I just don't think i really just fundamentally don't think that was a good film i love carrie mulligan in, I, she in was pretty much everything it. i think she's really good in it but no i, I think i'm less I, 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 can i just also i hold up my hand i was somebody who was, was so excited to see that film mm. and it got delayed with covid and i was gutted and i was when i sat down to watch i was like this is great and I, I, I was just so, so disappointed. I thought it was the dialogue. Oh, so I'm not, I'm a bit suspicious of this, but I will be very open. I'll go into it with an open mind and who knows. I, I started the trailer for Saltburn and stopped it halfway through because I was like, yes, I'm in. Thank you. Don't want to see more. Here we go. And I really liked what I saw. Um, let's just actually follow that with the Jacob Elordi conversation because he is also in... So hot right now. So hot right now. And also just so hot in general. He is in Sophia Coppola's new film, Priscilla, which is all about... Priscilla Presley. Uh, few directors bring such nuance and attention to the interior lives of young women, but Sophia Coppola, this is from the BFI website, based on the memoir Elvis and Me by Priscilla Presley, Coppola's humanistic portrait of a young woman growing inside a gilded cage serves as a beautiful companion to her 2006 film, Marie Antoinette. This is obviously very interesting, coming off the back of mm. Elvis and Austin Butler's, um, you know, huge, hugely successful turn in that. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe, James, this will give you a different side to Jacob Elordi in playing Elvis. But the key if... is, of course, it's not Elvis's film. It's Priscilla's yeah. film. I wonder if they're going to have a uh, someone playing the colonel. 
there comes the fat suit. There comes the fat suit. And I'd just be interested to see what any other actor would interpret to do with that role. Because it can't be, I, it can't touch anything that Tom Hanks did. They should go in a completely different, different direction and have Steve Buscemi play him. He's <laughs> just the scrawniest. I think that would work. Yeah, like, absolutely. That, it's not actually that far apart. Do you like Sophia Coppola's work? Uh, yeah, what, um, Virgin Suicides, head. not seen, um, Marie Antoinette, yeah, I like Marie Antoinette, uh, Lost in Translation is her most Lost in Translation, movie. love Lost in Translation, that's great. Yeah. I rewatched that in 2019 mm. and I still really liked it. I what thought it was about really beautiful. The Bling Ring? No, not seen The Bling Ring. And, oh, On the Rocks, she did a couple of years ago, that was no, okay. I, was kind of, I mentioned that last week when I did yeah. the rant about the other thing. Um, oh yeah, the bling ring. Yeah, that, I think I think a lot of people say the bling ring is actually okay, but it was mi- completely mismarketed because it had Emma yeah. Watson in, so it, it died on its ass. Who else was in the bling ring? I want to say Selena Gomez. Oh, was no, it? No, I think I'm getting confused with Spring Breakers. Those two films came out at the same time mm. and got like massively uh, mismarketed and, and and therefore poorly received. Emma Watson, Katie Chang, Israel Broussard, Claire Julian. Um, Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, Leslie Mann. But no, I think yeah, yeah, we're mixing up. Um, I, wait, was I, was Selena Gomez in Spring Breakers? Um, God, she probably <laughs> wasn't. I get it confused with yeah. Vanessa Hudgens. I think was Selena Gomez one of the houses that they raid in the Bling Ring? I, I, I haven't seen it. So, yes, yeah, Selena Gomez is in Spring Breakers. Oh, anyway, back anyway. to the back to this. I, I, you know, I think Sophia Coppola has proven, even though her film might have been a bit up and down, that she's really interesting. The Virgin Suicides, I still think it's a really cool film. Um, I'm interested to, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I think it's refreshing that by having this so close to Baz Luhrmann's one. Yeah. Um, so that's really exciting. Talking about Elvis, talking about uh, Austin Butler there, very briefly, mm. let's talk about Jeff Nichols' new film, which is The Bike Riders, which has Austin Butler in it. Mm. The Bike Riders follows the lives of a Chicago motorcycle gang through the 1960s and 70s, and it stars um, Austin Butler, Jodie Comer, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy, Michael Shannon, and Mike Feist, to be mentioned in the actors we're really uh, interested bike in. Bike rider. Michael Shannon, Michael. you're riding on a motorcycle. That, uh, Agent Shepshock. I will destroy Krypton. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shit, wrong movie. So Jeff Nichols is an interesting director because he made- Did you say Norman Reedus? No, that is, you're getting that confused with The Walking Dead. I said Mike Feist. I know, it says here in The Bike Riders, Norman Reedus. Well, that's on Google. I stand corrected. He's not (laughs) on this one, but uh, anyway, back to my point. I've lost my page. Hold on for time. Jeff Nichols, for those who don't know, is an interesting director. He made quite a few um, interesting mid-budget indie films in like the last decade with with interesting cast. He made Mud with Matthew McConaughey. Never saw, but I've heard good things. Yeah, Mud was good. He made Take Shelter with Michael Shannon, which has a really good Michael Shannon performance, but has a premise which I think could have been much more interesting. That's about, have you seen it? It's about when Michael Shannon believes that a biblical reckoning is coming. No, I've not seen that. So he becomes obsessed. He becomes obsessed with building a shelter in his back garden. Oh, okay. But the problem is, is that the film very quickly sets up that it it, it is all in Michael Shannon's head. Ah, okay. But like, I would have preferred much more tension between is he actually onto something? Is he actually had received uh, divine see. connection? Right, okay. Um, then he made a film called Midnight Special, which um, was, yeah, did you see that? With the, about the, that? the alien child and he's on the run. And it's got, I might have seen it, but I do not remember Get the it. cast for this, right? Midnight Special. Joel Edgerton, Michael Shannon, Kirsten Dunst, Sam Shepard, uh, and Adam, Adam Driver, Driver, and more. Bill, Bill Camp. Camp. I mean, Bill, Bill Camp's yeah. and everything oh, under wow. the sun, isn't he? 
Um, and then Loving. Do you remember that? That was a forgotten film, Loving, with um, Nick Kroll and Joel Edgerton and Ruth Negger about the uh, interracial relationship. Um, I don't remember. It was an Oscar contender that didn't get any sort of pickup. But anyway. Oh, I recognise it now, yeah. So Jeff Nichols back with another star-studded cast. Look, it's got the main picture of it is Austin Butler riding the bike. And He's I don't know if he talks like this, but mama, he I'm a ride does. on the bike and I'll be with a Tom It'll Hardy. Be the open road. I'll be hitting it with mama, Michael Shannon, Tom and Hardy, Jodie Comer. You know what you've got in that film? You've got a lot of very squinty actors who love a good squint. Oh, yes, you Shannon do. loves a good squint. I think Austin Butler's going to be real squinting. Oh, Tom this. Hardy's going to be squinting the hell Mike out of it. Mike Feist's eyes are quite small anyway, but it looks a bit, <laughs> yeah. so it is a very squinty And being film. a biker is an inherently squinty activity. And to contrast to that- And the jo- wind, you know, jo- you got to- Yeah, <laughs> Jodie Comer will have the big, wide eyes of- Yes. You don't, you don't want this life. <laughs> You oh, she'll, she'll probably have an American accent, but <laughs> yeah. like, you want to get off this life? Yeah. Well, Mama, hungry <laughs> office. Didn't do an American accent there. <laughs> yeah, you want to get off this life? That's not a, that's not American. Yeah, no. But you said she'll probably have an American accent, and then you continue to that do a Scouse accent. accent. Yeah. Michael Shannon, Mama. Hey. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for a gruff, uh, mumbled dialogue spoken through the fluffy of a beard. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of people handkerchief. leaning over to the person next to you going, what did he say? Spit, chewing tobacco and spitting yeah. it on the ground. Tom I'm Hardy all for it. Cravat, you know, the rider mask yeah. of his mouth. Yeah. It's all, looks, by the looks of it, it's all shot in black and white as well. It's chiseled. It's going to be yeah. Americana, the movie. He was very um, mumbly, spoken through the lips and the breath <laughs> in The Revenant, you know? <laughs> Just bare like the pelt. A suit hat is a bloody suit hat. <laughs> if you want to talk to me, then fucking talk. <laughs> Um, love you, Tom Hardy. Good to see Tom Hardy back in a. a <laughs> I just love doing a Venom film. thing. Like no disrespect to the Venom films, I just um, I yeah. think Tom Hardy's more interesting than those films. If I'm being honest. All right, what else have we got? We've got uh, Daniel Kaluuya's film, The Kitchen, which we yes, mentioned a few months ago when we of. did the Netflix preview. That is a kind of set in the near future, quasi sci-fi, London 2040. Um, uh, we got uh, to hear a Daniel Kaluuya who is very clearly in a very creative space. I, like, I believe that Daniel Kaluuya had come straight from the editing room, yeah. and a bit like if anyone has been like crammingly writing a dissertation or an essay yeah, for all, it's just on a deadline, mind, yeah. and was literally lifted, placed on a on a stage in front of other people. So he was asked questions. He was like, "Yeah." Uh, <laughs> I think um, when all you do is your dissertation, someone says, "So, what's your dissertation about?" And you're like, um, uh, "It's a moment in history." In your head, it's uh, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but I like the fact that he is completely all, yeah, from what we imagine, completely all encompassed by that project. Yeah, nothing yeah. else matters to him right now. So it's actually co-directed. It's it's between Daniel Kaluuya and a guy called uh, Kibwe Tavares. Nice. And um, so yeah, London 2040, hardworking loner, lives in, uh, he wants to leave the kitchen, the estate he grew up on, and move to one of the sleek luxury penthouses that are popping up all over London. But when he discovers that his job at an ecological funeral home, um, that his ex-girlfriend has passed away, he finds his path colliding with that of Benji, her younger son, and many other plot threads uh, into intertwined. It says here it's a it's it's wildly creative. Think Afrofuturism meets Blade Runner, but with a totally unique twist. The kitchen is a tiny reminder of the of the, of what it means to be the typo here of what it means to be a family and to fight for what is most important. Interesting. I still think that not enough things rip off Blade Runner, which I know you might think that like everything rips off Blade Runner, but I think there's more to do in that like future steamy wet rain. Oh, I think if you went to look for it, you'd find it. Do you not remember Duncan Jones made a movie called Mute, which was very, very influenced by- No, when did that come out? Like 
five years ago. And the fact you don't know it is because, <laughs> it, it, even though it looked... It, Paul Rudd and Alexander Skarsgård? And Justin Theroux. Apparently had a great cast, but it wow. sank like a apparently it absolutely um, stank. Do you remember the, the Netflix project with um, the one Joel Kinnaman? Oh, um, that was really hyped. Altered Carbon. Altered, with a name that sounds like a thesaurus job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That really came with. That sounds like a, a guess of... the movie opposite name. <laughs> yeah. Altered Carbon. Oh, is that what's that? Adjusted. Unaltered sodium. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next up is uh, Anthony Hopkins continuing his um, evergreen mm. run of late age, wonderful performances after The Father and Armageddon mm. Time in One Life. Anthony Hopkins leads an all-star cast in this inspirational true story of courage and the strength of community in the darkest days of the 20th century. And this is the, it's a really interesting story. I actually do know this story, so I do know where it's going. But I think if you, I think a lot of people won't know how this story culminates in a really brilliant way. And I encourage you not to look it up because I think it'll be really powerful in the film. But it's about Nicholas Winton, who was during the Second World War, was um, living in the Czech Republic, a British Republic, a British resident in the in Czech Republic, in Czechoslovakia, as it was called at the time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But he played a very instrumental role in trying in saving a large number of uh, Jewish children on a kinder transport. And oh, it's well. a really, really, it's a really brilliant story. But mm. there also has a, there's a, there's a kind of a third act um, uh, to do with that story that is really brilliant. Uh, I think that's going to be a bit of a weepy. Mm. It stars Anthony Hopkins, Johnny Flynn, Helena Bonham Carter. Johnny Flynn, I uh, I like, and sometimes he is so... He, he's an underplayer. You know, Johnny Flynn, I think he really underplays some of his performances. He's a... Sometimes I feel like, give us a bit of a smile. Uh, yeah. You know, he's a kind of, he likes to do things very flat. Like give us a that. smile, love. <laughs> and he's Johnny Flynn. He won't reveal much. He'll play Ian Fleming in Operation Mincemeat. That was where I saw him, other yeah. things as well. Why do we go to the cinema <laughs> to escape? Do you remember I told yes, you he did yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really underplayed that one. I feel like I'm okay with Anthony Hopkins being typecast as a wise older man in everything he's doing. He is. Because it's working. He is great, isn't he? Like he has, yeah. I think he, there was a period of time maybe in the 10 years after Science of the Lambs, where he kind of got typecast a little bit as the fantastically intelligent but cryptic... Uh, quirky, cryptic. Quirky, clever. cryptic um, person who could be villainous, could be not. And he would always be there doing his slight, mm. mysterious voice. And now he's slipped into benevolent, kindly, jaded... Um, that's my stomach rumbling. Did you hear that? <laughs> Is that your stomach? Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought it was like a screw, like <laughs> um, uh, man. And and look, the picture for him is this, you know, is a troubled expression on his face. Yeah, yeah. Like he's seeing, because of the years of wisdom in his eyes, he's seeing the solution to a problem the world is facing. Um, but I mean, the father I really liked. I think, have you seen that? No. That's I, a really was, solid watch. I really need, I really, really solid watch. And I know, I had and, it on my list for a while. And you sold me on Armageddon Time. So that is a movie yeah, called- Yeah, he was the best part of that film. Underseen Armageddon Time, I think. Yes. That film that we just talked about is called One Life. Next up is a film, I'm, I'm really excited for this next one because it's from a director I really like and contains many actors who are so hot right now and we all love. This is a film called All of Us Strangers and it's a new film by Andrew Haig mm. and it stars Andrew Scott, Paul Meskell, Jamie Bell. Do you remember last week I said I wanted yeah. to see more of Jamie Bell yeah. and Claire Foy. And it's all purple neon and, and so, people lying on top of each other. Uh, they star in a superb follow-up, uh, sorry, a superb and unsettling adaptation of Taichi Yamada's Strangers. Uh, Adam is a screenwriter living in London. He strikes up an uneasy acquaintance with his mysterious neighbour, Harry, which edges towards something more intimate. And at the same time, other things are happening. What I love is 
that cast for it, first of all, I, I, I almost believe that will just be a four-hander. And, it's, oh, it, and it says on the poster with Jamie Bell and Claire Foy. So they're not oh, going to be so massive. Like, here we are. Might be peripheral characters. But Claire Foy is excellent in everything. Oh, so good. Jamie Bell, I love to see him when he's around. Paul Meskell continues to be the most ascendant star. Yeah. We've, you know, at least male actor we, we've got for a while. And Andrew Scott always delivers. Always good. Uh, uh, as GQ describes it, all of us strangers will be Paul Meskell and Andrew Scott's ghostly gay romance film. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go, guys. But um, I, I'm really excited. So when I mentioned Andrew Haig, is that Andrew Haig has directed... Uh, he made a series called The North Water recently, but he directed um, a film called Weekend, uh, a film called 45 Years, and a film called Lean on Pete, which I haven't seen. But Weekend and 45 Years are really interesting. Weekend is about um, uh, a whirlwind, like 48-hour um, gay relationship that takes place, uh, told from the perspective of one of our main character who's quite shy and kind of isolated in his homosexuality and then meets this you know more uh open guy at a club and they just have this kind of 48 hour period but it's really beautiful and really intimate and just just really like touching and then 45 years which is definitely probably in my favorite films is this really excellent story uh, i've probably talked about it on the show before with charlotte rampling and and uh tom courtney which has a great premise which is that it's approaching their 45th anniversary. This, ma- this married couple, they've been together 45 years and they live a quiet, uh, nice life in, the, I think, the Suffolk countryside. And she comes back from walking the dog one day and a letter has arrived and it's addressed to her husband. And he opens it and the letter is from Switzerland, I believe. And they say, oh, just to let you know, we have found the body of your ex-girlfriend and he revealed and, and, and you soon realize that he had an ex-girlfriend that when they went on a hiking trip back 50 like 50 years ago she tragically died but she's been stuck in the ice and the, like, the permafrost for 45 years so they've discovered her body and it looks exactly like she does now wow. and it's just this tiny pinprick of information this t- literal like a metaphorical ghost from the past bursts into their life it's a 90 minute movie and it just sets on a, a like a course of, of of a domino effect of a chain reaction of things that just begin to crack this um relationship that's existed for 45 years and about what the relationship is actually built on it is like a metaphorical ghost story mm. in that you have the specter of someone who is dead but is haunting their relationship there's a whole thing with the house they live in where there's literally something in the attic there's a a draft with the attic door mm. and there's the idea that something might be up but like a secret might be up there he oh. spends a lot of time fiddling about in his old stuff up there and it's it's uh, it's a brilliant brilliant film and uh, very unsettling and kind of haunted but um kind of sad and uh, i i really recommend people to check out 45 nice. years but i mentioned it because andrew haig is now returning with this film and with that cast i'm sold i'm really really excited to see that that film is called all of us strangers well, oh, I don't soon. know when it's out, but it's part of the London Film Festival. That film is called All of Us Strangers, and I'm really excited for it. Next up, quickly, is a film called The Book of Clarence, which is uh, a blistering take on the Gospels. Uh, so, unlike some members of the Jerusalem community in AD 33, Clarence, played by Lakeith Stanfield, again, good in everything and is in a lot of things, 
um, is not the most spiritual of citizens. Seemingly unmoved by Jesus Christ's message of peace and brotherly love, Clarence seeks a perfect window of opportunity to take advantage of a nascent celebrity culture. But at what cost to his eternal soul? Now, James Samuel previously directed that Western that was on Netflix called The Harder They Fall, I believe. Um, but this stars uh, Lakeith Stanfield, James McAvoy, and it looks like a uh, punk, political, radical, revisionist take on the Gospels. It looks quite kick-ass. It looks quite, you know, um, innovative mm. and exciting. And I think it's always good when you take a very familiar setting, like whether it's a Western or, you know, a biblical epic, and you punch it through with some new energy. I feel like we haven't seen James McAvoy in a really long time outside of his yeah. Dark Materials, which I heard really good things about the first season, but then I, I just heard no buzz. But has he like been off for a bit? I don't know. Do you remember when he was in It Chapter Two? Yeah. Wow. Um, and he does even even him and Bill Hader can save no, that, that movie. Do you know what? The first hour of that movie was actually okay. It was, okay. it was a little bit on the... Everything about it is very on the nose, which the first one was too, but the second one just... Um, I feel like we, every six months we, we, we bring up that film. Sirens on Sirens our own. I feel like every six months I bring up that we bring up that film. And just yeah, talk about it. I just it go, we're, we're still baffled by its runtime. Three hours for a horror movie. Ridiculous. Do you not always remember how that film opens with just like that really ludicrous homophobic attack? No, I don't. Do you remember it? Like they just and it's never addressed for the rest of the film. On who? On on a, a this gay couple, one of them oh. Xavier Dolan, I think, and they they just like what, they, they it, get, it gets no them. no they, like these homophobic uh, bullies yeah. beat up this like couple and throw them in the river, and then as this guy's in the river, like sort of drowning, mm. he sees his his other half manage to climb out, and then Pennywise comes out and eats him. I think, <laughs> so <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. That film is called The Book of Clarence. That looks exciting. But I say that because I think I think James McAvoy is great. And I look forward to seeing him. Yes, more. yeah, I, 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 he's always someone, a bit like Fastbender and stuff, when he turns up, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah you know, James McAvoy, I hold it, he's a bit like a Jude Law. I'm like, yeah, we'll always turn up yeah. and do interesting stuff. Yes, I And agree. he's in a lot. Yeah. Multi-genre. It sounds like he just took the COVID period. I mean, I say, he did, what was the Sandman as a podcast series? <laughs> the Bubble. Okay. Oh, The Bubble. Do you remember The Bubble? Yeah, but he was probably a cameo in that. Well, the, 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 the Judd Apatow COVID. Yeah, probably a cameo. Thing. Yeah, yeah, take it back. Um, another film I'm really excited for is called The Holdovers, which is Alexander Payne's new film. Now, Alexander Payne has made a good few interesting films. He made Sideways. He made About Schmidt. He made The Descendants. He made um, Nebraska. He mm. made Downsizing, which I've still not seen, but I've heard from a lot of people is terrible, but terrible in a way that you you have to... You saw it, right? I saw it, yeah. I, yeah I, the first opening is really interesting, and then it really unravels. I heard you the third act is crazy. <laughs> Matt, Matt Damon, who I love, who's in that phase where he did like We Built a Zoo. Oh God. And, and, and Suburbicon. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah. And even, even Contagion, which I, don't think, I think is fine. But he, he was doing really non-Matt damon things. Yeah. And then he did the Jason Bourne reboot. Uh, that actually predates that, but yeah, but I, I know what you mean. It's, that's that, I still patch. think in that period, he was like, He's of back course, of like now. six years. Oppenheim he was doing with, back. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah but um, but um, Alexander Payne made a film which I really, well, I loved a lot when I was younger. I haven't seen it in a while. It, called Election. Have you ever seen that with Reese mm. Witherspoon and Matthew Broderick? Oh no. Where she's like a really up and coming, like pain in the ass. Sounds very um, familiar. Uh, overachiever at high school. And she's running for school president. And Matthew Broderick 99. is a kind of midlife crisis English teacher. And he takes it upon himself to basically stop this. Her that name's is Tracy a great Flick. poster for a film. 
Yeah. That's a really good. It's a, it's, yeah. It's, it's, always, it's quite minimal. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he takes it upon himself to stop her ascendant rise. It's and have this close clash. up of Reese Witherspoon's space with her mouth open. Yeah. And Matthew Broderick inside her mouth. Well. Um, and it's like a kind of satire of politics, but also like, uh, like, uh, it's just, it's just really funny, really mm. witty and like a good Matthew Broderick role. But The Holdovers, which is Alexander Payne's new film, set in the 1970s, filmed to look like it's in the 1970s. It's set at a, um, a New England prep school over the Christmas break. And it's about the uh, curmudgeonly uh, uh, can- cantankerous Professor Hunnam, played by the wonderful Paul Giamatti, oh, who has to stay at the prep school and look after the kids who haven't got anywhere to go. Uh-huh. And it's about him developing a relationship with a, a kid who, at first he's you know, grumpy with the kid, and then they maybe the, the, the relationship thaws and they actually, maybe he can help this kid. Maybe oh. it's, it's one of those, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, look, I'm Alexander Payne, an interesting director. Paul Giamatti, I will watch him with anything, uh, watch him in anything. I don't see that many other actors that recognizable names in this. It feels like quite a small film, but I'm all for it. It feels cozy. Prep school, mm. Christmas, New Crispy England. Autumn leaves. I'm looking at a picture here and Paul Giamatti's wearing a vest jumper. Yeah, yeah, you of know. course. My stomach, sorry. Is that away. still your stomach? Is that a problem? Jesus, I just, you, you know, need feeding. It's the courtship. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just... <laughs> uh, <laughs> George was referencing Alien for people yeah. listening. The alien carries on the show. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. That... The, li- the little tongue one, does it? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, a couple more to go through. One we're very excited for. David Fincher returns, mm. not just with a film, but a film about something that he loves, which is serial killers. Death. David Fincher returns with The Killer, starring a, a much-missed yeah. Michael Fassbender, as well as Tilda Swinton and other people. Screenwritten by Andrew Kevin Walker, who wrote Seven, and it's the first time wow. um, Fincher and, and Kevin Walker have, have re-teamed up for this. You know, it's about an assassin and then something goes wrong. It's basically the gist. I don't need to read anymore because I don't want to read anymore. I saw a really great featurette of Michael Fassbender filming in a car in the volume with sort of- The volume? The volume. It's what they shoot the Mandalorian on. I don't know what that is. You know, like they use a screen. I didn't, you just screen. told me what they used it for. I didn't, they didn't tell me what it was. You know, the, the, they use a screen instead of green screen. They use, you, you know what the volume is. Don't explain it to our listeners. I don't know. You know how the Mandalorian, they don't use green screen. They I, shoot I don't, on a digital. This. I don't know this. You don't know about the volume. I don't know about the volume. Where everything is shot now. No. Explain never... it. For, okay, take, take. But we've, we've imagine... talked about this before. No, we haven't. Yes, we have. No. Explain, okay. Imagine a world where I don't know what it is, and could you explain okay, it to me? So, if not for me, for, for the listeners. Okay, so imagine instead of using green screen, which is very popular now with a lot of Star Wars and Marvel projects, okay, you have what's called the volume, which is a massive panoramic digital display that moves in sync with the camera and has a naturalistic depth of field in relation to the camera. So instead of the Mandalorian being in a green screen on Tatooine, for example, the backdrop is Tatooine and, it, and the background is ma- absolutely perfectly matched to the camera movement. So instead of using green screen, it's like putting a TV behind you, a massive, very smart TV behind you. Okay. You, you, you must have seen the featurettes uh, of the volume and how they do uh, everything Okay, now. back to the killer. So he's, he's using <laughs> yeah. it in the volume. I saw a really great featurette with Michael Fassbender and David Fincher in a studio. It looked like everyone was wearing masks. It must have been over COVID. And David Fincher, as we know, loves to do as many takes as needed to get the shots. And they were talking about the cameras and the very distinct movements and like 
close-up of Michael Fassbender's eye and talking about how the iris should move and what time it should go. And just that very distinct, detail-oriented Fincherest stuff I thought looked very exciting. So, no plot stuff, which I appreciate as well. Again, just I feel. I don't want to go in for, for plot failure because all you need to know, it's Fincher, it's Fassbender, it's Killers, it's called The Killer. It's, got, it's had some really good reviews out of Venice. Uh, I'm really excited for it. It's based on, all I will say, it's based on an adaptation of a graphic novel. There we go. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, we did know that when we previewed it yeah. a while ago. Um, a couple more, still very interesting. Um, one that's, uh, I think, is a big, it's got typical awards fare written all over it, and that is Bradley Cooper's return as director for Maestro, which yeah. is all about uh, acclaimed, acclaimed, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, acclaimed composer, uh, Leonard Bernstein. Mm -hmm. Bradley Cooper cements his position as a world, this is a, written from the website, uh, as a world-class filmmaker with his second feature, a passionate, enthralling biopic of Leonard Bernstein. Uh, oh, it's just over two hours here. It says here, I've, oh, I, thought it was, I, I was told it was nearly it was giving three. longer vibes. I think it might be longer. Uh, one of the towering figures of 20th century American arts and culture, Bernstein was a gifted artist. Cooper celebrates this alongside Bernstein's complexity as an individual. Bernstein composed West Side Story, won countless accolades, and was the first American conductor to re receive international acclaim. He was a titan of the classical musical world. And of course, if you remember Tar this yeah. year, even though Bernstein- Big stakes. He was very much an influence on Lydia Tar as a character. Mm. Who's co-starring in that again? Kerry Mulligan. Oh, great. Great in everything. Um, Matt Bomer, good from yeah, okay. uh, cool. yeah, White Collar yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And uh, Maya Hawke and Sarah Silverman. It looks like it's shot in excellent deep black and white, a bit like yeah. Blonde was. Yes, like I was going to say year. Blonde vibes. It's giving Blonde vibes, but hopefully less it's, it's chaotic. Biopic with prosthetic, big um, yeah. cosmetic uh, makeover, story expanding decades, I assume. I'm interested because I, I like Bradley Cooper as an acting talent. And I've missed seeing Bradley Cooper as an acting talent. Me too. Um, and I'm interested to see, I liked, I liked A Star Is Born. I'm, I, I think I'm looking yeah. for, I want to see more of so what he really has to offer. really overhyped Star Is Born I, I think it was fine. I yeah. think he, it was solid enough. Do you know what? I, I think I've said this before. Mm. There was a lot of A Star Is Born that, that wasn't in the movie. So Bradley Cooper, when he did an interview about it, gave this whole explanation about his relationship with his brother played by Sam Elliott in the movie and mm. about how Sam Elliott had been in a band and Bradley Cooper's character had joined the band and then like Bradley Cooper's character had become the, Jackson Maine, that's his name, yeah. had become the lead singer and had kind of taken the success and the fame and stolen the voice of the band. And he tells us in the interview, and I, before I saw it, I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Not Go and see film. the film, not even there. Yeah. There's one line where Sam Elliott says, you stole my voice. In but the like, deepest voice, you stole, stole my, my voice. voice. But my point is like, there's depth that, was missing that mm. was clearly there. It's all very well saying it in an interview, but if it doesn't come across exactly, the film. so I'm 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 looking to see um, what he can do. Then it's clear that Bradley Cooper is, is really passionate about this figure. Yeah. We should say it's produced by many people, but including Sp Spielberg and Scorsese. And I think he chooses his work really well, Bradley Cooper. Not like obviously he's literally chosen this one himself to take on, but um, yeah. And then famously, good chemistry between Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. We all saw that Oscars performance, didn't we? Todd Haynes has a new movie coming out called May December. And I really like this because I really like Todd Haynes as a filmmaker. He made Carol, which is fantastic. He made Dark Waters, which is- on, I keep getting recommended by everyone who's seen it. Criminally underrated, underseen, solid. Ilk. Absolutely. Uh, he made Far From Heaven, Velvet Goldmine. A re and, and going back to Safe as well. He's been a really, he's a really good, interesting director. And uh, this is what I mean. This year is filled with like um, established, interesting, mm directors coming back to the fray so may december stars Natalie it's also still a 
Sorry, go on. Do you think it's also still a lull from COVID where it is people coming back? Where it's like either people working on stuff that got put on ice and there's this new rejuvenated lease coming out of that two-year period where they can put stuff out and it's almost um, backlog exploding back onto it. Possibly. I don't know. I think it might be... I almost feel like they got rid of the backlog and now these are all the people who had creative energy. Yeah, it's like, oh, we can shoot now? Yeah, we've had well, that great, moment. Because I had two years of COVID to write this thing. And now we're 23, 24. It's like, here we are. Yeah. That, that, that pent up creative appetite You're is right. there. You're, this, this is the first proper... These films were incepted mm. in a post-COVID era. Yes. Whereas things like, like The Whale last year, that was in, began production in like late 2020. Mm. And I think, I know I just said The Killer was probably made during COVID because of the masks and we're still probably getting the films shot during lockdown. But I think we're, we're now seeing the films made I, post-lockdown. I also think a lot of films that still do shoot with masks to be really extra careful. I think so too, yes. Anyway, May, December stars Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. Um, uh, it's, it's great a, and everything, Julianne Moore. Yeah, absolutely. It says here, it's a melodrama focusing on an actor researching for a film about a relationship with a significant uh, age gap. Let me read that again, because I didn't think that was very well written. Let me do this again. It says, from the outside, Gracie and Joe are the perfect suburban couple. That is, if you don't take into the... Fount- in, into, in, let me... Sorry. This description is all over the place. <laughs> so, it's about an actor researching another actor but with a significant age gap. There you go. I think that's all I can describe it there. Okay, um, <laughs> great. But, but well, hang on here. Okay, let me see if you can get a handle of this. Gracie and Joe seem to, have, seem to be the perfect suburban couple until a tabloid, uh, until an actor arrives at their home to research for a role that is based on Gracie and a, and a tabloid sensation that happened 20 years ago. It becomes clear that the couple's relationship isn't that strong. Um, I think it's all about what's real, what's not. How much of a rock character do you play in real life? How much of your real life mm. do you put into your role as an actor? Mm. It's got a pic. The main still of it is Julianne Moore doing her makeup and Natalie Portman with a notepad next to her. Mm. I probably not described that very well, but Todd Haynes is a great filmmaker and those are two great actors. So I'll be seeing that. Mm. Final two, we have Niad, which stars Annette Benning and Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster, I don't think we see in enough anymore. She's always no. good. I feel like I like Jodie freaking Foster. You know, that's more Helen. Uh, not yeah, Helen, Helen, Helen Hunt. Hunt. Uh, no, not Helen Helm. It's Holly Hunter. That was Holly Hunter. Oh, yes. yes. But Jodie Foster is on that scale of, you know, talking that. Holly Hunter's, what's the big one Holly Hunter's done? She was in um, uh, uh, Mission Incredible. And she was in Succession. Yeah, yeah. As well. She's Mission Incredible. Dash. Yeah, Dash. Bar par. Uh, but Niad is the true story of Diana Niad, who at the age of 64 became the first person to complete the 110 mile swim from oh, yeah. Cuba to Florida without the use of a shark cage. With support of her former partner and coach Bonnie, uh, an exceptional Jodie Foster, Diana trains not just her body, but also her mind. Look, Annette Benning, amazing actor. Jodie Foster, another great actor. I'm, I, I, this sounds like a great triumph over adversity movie. Um, I've just got a lovely shot here, set, clearly shot at golden hour with Annette Benning in the water. Looks great, can't wait to see it. Final movie, Yorgos Lanthimos has directed The Favourite, Killing of a Sacred Deer, The Lobster. Mm. He does weird, he does wonderful, he does bizarre, he does slightly uncomfortable. He's returned with a film called Poor Things, which stars Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, and Rami Youssef. Uh, When a woman in Victoria, England commits suicide, little did she know how much of her life lay in store for her. Reanimated by her de de facto guardian, the scientist played by Willem Dafoe, her mind soon becomes increasingly alive to the opportunities that the world offers. Look, it sounds like surreal madcap 
just trust me on this. Probably shot yeah. like the favorite on a wide fisheye lens where everything's a bit kooky. Yeah. It looks a bit mad, but Emma Stone, I were watching anything. Mark Ruffalo, again, another great actor. Mm. Well, these are, you know, these are filmmakers and actors at the top of their game. Rami Youssef as well. I haven't seen Rami the TV show, but I've heard lots of good things about it. In a lot of ways, back to Mark Ruffalo, he's a little bit wasted in the MCU because I never feel totally. like his role yeah. really developed in there and he's really good and he's not really given that much to do in that space. It blows my mind that Mark Ruffalo was like the third act, like third billing actor in She-Hulk. I'm like, you're yeah. Mark Ruffalo. What are you doing yeah. in, in like She-Hulk? Because as much as we look, we saw Robert Downey Jr. come out in Oppenheimer yeah. and be really, really great. I still think what you, while I said like, welcome back Robert Downey Jr. I still think what he contributed to the MCU was really fun. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you built, 14 a, years well you built a really cool thing. And I'm excited to see, but like, Mark Ruffalo, I'm like, you didn't really, he did you do, really got your movie. He and... did do a TV series a couple of years ago where he played twins, which was apparently meant to be really good. Oh, uh, right. But okay. again, in the age of content, if you missed it, you mm. missed it. Um, Yorgos Lanthimos, I haven't seen The Lobster. I wasn't that hot on The Favourite, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it got overhyped for me completely yeah, at the time. Yeah, massive overhype. Yeah. yeah. But The, the Killing for Sacred Deer, I, found, I thought it was really interesting. And yeah. Really, Have you seen that? No. I think you'd find that really I mean, I do need to strange and bizarre. Brilliant Colin Farrell, Nicole Kidman, Barry Keoghan. It's a really good mm. Barry Keoghan performance. Um, but anyway, that film is called Poor Things. That's Yorgos Lanthimos' new film. Those are a kind of breathless run through some of the very interesting films what that a year. are out. Just, that's just at the London Film Festival. And we didn't even talk about Killers of the Flower Moon, which we talked about we quite a lot. We did talk about Killers of the Flower Moon. We did talk about Chicken Run, Daughter of the Nugget. Yep. It's a really interesting, great, jam-packed sandwich bumper year. And I'm excited. And Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, which we referenced previously when we did the yep. Netflix preview. But look, we're big fans of the original. 100%. We're really excited for it. And the, we've, the little clip we saw at the preview a few months ago got us really excited. And no one makes films like Armand do. It's just exciting to see that space yeah. thriving still. You think everything was sort of lent into a more yeah. purely digital realm. And I'm like, yeah, we're still using plasticine. Let's do it. looks great. But yeah, that was a run through of what's coming up this year at LFF. Oscar season, hype season. If you guys have seen any of these films or in a different yeah. part of the world, yeah. maybe you have access to watch these, you want to send in your comments, your thoughts, your concerns as we get to see them over the coming weeks. As always, send in your thoughts to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. Also, just because we've referenced the strikes a few times in previous uh, uh, weeks, if you are wondering why some actors are, promote, oh, yeah. are being able to promote their films at festivals during the strikes and how that works. That all comes down to interim waivers that are being granted by SAG to certain actors to promote certain work. There's a clip where Adam Driver explains why he, as an actor, is promoting uh, Ferrari at Venice mm. and the reasons why it's important in solidarity with the strike to do that. I would just direct you in the, in the, in the direction clip. of that clip because yeah. that helps explain a lot of things better than I've just done. So go check Did that out. Did we talk about Ferrari? No. It's not in. It's not. In oh, part, it's not, it's in not part of the London Film Festival selection, right? But yeah. it, but it's part of this year. Yeah, looks, lots of big sunglasses. Michael Mann. Pa Michael, Michael Mann. Michael Mann hasn't made a film in like eight years. Yeah, yeah. Lots of pouty sunglasses. Big opulent. Uh, stylish. Stylish. Cherry red Ferrari. Yeah. A little bit of House of Gucci vibes in there, which I hope it isn't. Yes. But uh, yeah. As always, guys, we're going to go through some of the emails that you send us. Don't forget to send in your thoughts, your questions, your concerns to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. Just like Craig did. Craig writes in to say, Hi guys, have to say, I'm loving the part. Thanks, Craig. I love it when you have to say it. 
just watching the bones and all, just watching bones and all after listening to this week's podcast. Nice. And you mentioned that in it that Timothy Chalamet was asked by Luca Guadagnino to lose even more weight for the role. Hate to be that guy, but I googled the interview to get more context and discovered it was an actors on actors interview between mm-hmm. Timothy and Emma Stone. The ro- and the role Timothy was actually talking about was a beautiful boy by director Felix Van Felix Van Groningen. Wow. Uh, okay, so different film, but he was okay. so thin in Bones and All. Yeah, he's a skinny guy. Great Timothy Chalamet performance. Good cast. Um, Steve Carell, Amy Ryan. Um, huge mess. Like, like really, really, really quite mess. Uh, not a huge mess. Sorry, it's it's. Kind of, I take that back. It's just really. Yeah, it, no, it, it's a mess. It's a mess. But he's very good at it. Oh, Steve Carell. Did you remember it? Yeah. It's really uh, emotive, but it's like, oh god! It, it basically it hits like eleven at the first bit and then it just doesn't quite know where to right. go from there. Uh, anyway, Craig then asks, now I have your attention, how about doing a horror retrospective with Halloween coming up? Mm. Discuss your favourite horror thriller movies? Mm. Potentially, potentially. There is a lot coming out so it could be something, like I'd love to go back and Maybe a bonus. do a comment on, yeah, potentially a bonus. Uh, it just depends how much time we've got. Indeed. Thank oh, you, but, Craig. But what I would love to know is what you guys are going to be watch, watching for the scaries. Like, if oh, you yeah. guys are lining up... What's your Halloween thing, watches? What Halloween are you going to watch? Are you going to be watching something new for the first time or are you going to go and revisit a classic? I'd love to just hear what people are, people are lining up because that is a fun time to just um, watch and play scary. This next one is from Dylan who writes into the show and says, hello, James and George. I, brackets Dylan, am a first-time writer into the program coming to you from Victoria all the way down in Australia. I discovered your podcast at the start of this year and slowly began listening more and more, very quickly becoming a weekly listener. Nice. Very quickly, like it took you a while to become one. I think... You cherry pick listener. Now you're like, yes. I'll watch anything these guys Exponentially put out. Eventually, he became a, yeah. a regular listener. <laughs> you guys become a staple of my drives to and from work, listening to your podcast, and a staple of my morning viewing with a coffee before I start my day. Mm. Morning viewing. He he watches us with in his coffee with his coffee before the start of his day. We are We're very morning him. coffee vibe, like both with the B roll that we put. That's nice. But I think we 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 invoke morning coffee I like, energy. It's for someone, that's quite a compliment for someone to have us at the beginning of their day. Start your energy off. Because imagine if we gave off the wrong energy, and you were like, my head. My whole day's thrown. in. They, they threw it. Wired ruined me out. Now. Yeah. I tried to say thrown and ruined at the same time. I write to you this week with a few questions. Brackets. I have had to be selective because I could write a million relating to some things I've recently watched. Okay, so you do bring up The Bear Season 2. We are just going to hold on that We're both for now. in the midst of The Bear Both in the midst two. of watching it. We do want to cover it. We'll come back to this email yep. potentially when we go uh, through it. Dylan goes on to say... My final question relates to one of my favorite things about your podcast, which is all the movie references and jokes, no matter how wacky or obscure, just like I am when I'm with my mates. I, I do sometimes wonder, like I know some, some people get some references, but I wonder yeah. if a lot of them are just completely, completely gone. But that's the nature of the beast. Yeah. In fact, me and my mates have this one particularly stupid thing we do when at each other's front door. When the door is opened, we quote a scene from Grown Ups 2, a movie which is objectively not that great, objectively not even that funny, but somewhat comforting for us all in saying, what's up, player? I'm here for your daughter. I don't know why I did that in that voice. What's up, player? I'm here for your daughter. It sounds more ridiculous when you don't do it in a way. <laughs> yeah. No idea how or why we started doing, doing this. The scene isn't even that great, but it is religious amongst us and we crack up every time one of us does it. My final question, what is the most obscure line slash scenes you guys quote on a regular basis? Apologies for the lengthy email. Love your content. Keep it up, guys. Dylan from Australia. 
Well, we, it's just like you, me and you together. Oh, yeah. Because we, we do, uh, your best friend is suing you for $600 million. Yeah. Um, you have part of my attention. You have the minimum amount. We uh, One thing I do, I think I've said this before, is Toy Story 2. I'll often go, but I don't want to use, use my, my head. head. I um, like um, School of Rock. You're not going to get in trouble. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who has food in here? <laughs> um, there's a line from uh, uh, a TV show. From, do you remember Come Fly With Me with Matt? Matt yes, a, a very troublesome uh, to watch. Uh, in side, yes. <laughs> yeah. But there's a... There's a there was way too recent to be doing blackface. Oh my God, it, horrific. Yeah. There is a, but a, a non-racially inappropriate sketch within that show, which is where a uh, a couple have been on holiday. You know, it's played by Dave Williams. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, we have had the holiday <laughs> from hell. We And it like, they tell the story. Anyway, the, the husband is just like, this like, you know, bullied husband who's very quiet next to him. And whenever he, the husband will try and say something very accurately about the holiday, the wife will go, Peter, I'm talking. And, and the husband will go, sorry, Judith. <laughs> And my brother and I will say that to each other a lot. We'll go, yeah, yeah. oh, sorry, Judith. <laughs> I uh, I always do the uh, Dark Knight, well, hello, beautiful. <laughs> when uh, he sees Mike Spencer, you must be Harvey Dan Squeeze. <laughs> um, the really stoned Yoda in The Empire Strikes Back when he gives him, you know, in the very confusing scene when he goes into the cave? Oh, yeah. And he does this, he just, Yoda, because the, the puppet just looks really stoned. And Luke says something about, the fear or being unprepared and Yoda just goes, you will be, you will be. And, and <laughs> yeah. it just wipes to another scene. Yeah. You're like, the delivery of that line is pretty strange. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen the bad lip reading of the Yoda scene in Return of the Jedi? No. Well, oh, it's really creepy. Great. It's like, don't fall asleep. What? Don't fall asleep. <laughs> I like the bridesmaids. I had a dream the plane went down. Yeah. You were in it. Also the, um, <laughs> sometimes if I like open a packet of food and it comes out too quickly or like, I, you know, I, I drop something it's out of control. I go, it's coming out of me like lava. <laughs> um, I like uh, from Mean Girls, is butter a carb? Yeah, yeah. Every time I'm doing butter oh, on my bread. Actually Ace Ventura um, uh, with my dogs, if I'm ever feeding my dogs, I will go, hungry fella? which is at the beginning. I don't know if you remember the beginning of Ace Ventura. He goes to uh, retrieve okay. a dog from a bad owner. And he goes, you know, that's a lovely dog. That that's a lovely dog you have there, sir. You mind if I pet him? He's like, I don't give a rat's ass. And uh, he, and then he, you know, he steals the dog. That's it. He gets in the car. I mean, he's got the kidnapped dog with him. He looks at the puppy and he's like, hungry fella? And he opens up the drawer. It's full of like kibble. <laughs> and so, but actually I'll say it to my dogs. I'll say it when I'm hungry. I'll just be like, hungry fella? Yeah. Yeah. Good. It's not quite the reaction you want. <laughs> just someone staring back at you. Around. I told a huge tangent and you just were like, okay. okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, if I ever do a fit of coughing, I think I've got the black lung pub ah. from Zoolander. Yeah, many, many. Stepbrothers ones. When I, I like blueberries in my pancakes. When I f he, he just ate. He's not hungry. He's just testing it. This sounds quite sad, but if I fill up my car with petrol and when I turn on the engine again and I see the dial go up to full tank, I go, mm, listen to that kitty purr, <laughs> which I think is Anchorman. Yeah, could be. I think it's. I think it's. Oh, do it, do, do it. it from Starsky and Hutch for a film that is not really referenced anymore at all. No. I, I have so many people I know who go do it. And do uh, it. Snoop Dogg says, "Hey man, I lay it out for y'all to play it out." Right. I'll, I'll say that sometimes. Nobody gets it. <laughs> there you go. I hope that answers your question.
But sorry, Dylan goes on to say, also, can't believe I forgot to mention, and can't believe I'm having to reply to my own email, apologies. I went and saw Oppenheimer in 1570 film format at IMAX in Melbourne, the only place with 1570 capabilities in the whole Southern Hemisphere, and it was glorious. The best cinema experience I've ever had. Highly recommend to anyone who can get tickets to it. Okay, bye for real this time. Dylan from Australia. In the entire Southern Hemisphere That's what of he planet said. Earth. That's what he said. The, inter- the, the only whole place. S- south of the equator. <laughs> down Mexico way. 15 by yeah. 17. Is, is in the, in Mel is in Victoria because they they would have to ship eleven miles of film to see it in the way in fifteen perforation wow. seventy so it is expensive it's it's but yeah they're they're still showing it in that in the BFI if you're in London at the BFI oh. IMAX but Dylan also says sorry I'm going to go back to another question he asked um, which TV shows that can you think that of uh, that which TV so, shows can you think is this, of is this well, it was about the bed but we're not talking it about was about the bed we're not talking about the bed but it's about TV in general which TV shows can you think of that after having such an amazing first season went back and topped themselves again for the second season or maybe just TV shows in general that got progressively better yeah you know what because I think a show that you know, it's very guilty of saying you got to get through the first season yeah I think Breaking Bad is a TV show where you yes. kind of got to get through the first season I don't think it's a bad season yeah, yeah. but it doesn't kick into anywhere near succession the gear. Oh, see, I... Oh, no, actually, I, I think take seasons that back. one I and two that, yeah. are the strongest. No, I, th- yeah, no, I, th- no, I, I think the yeah. first two episodes of Succession Sorry, yeah, are I, real. I think the first two it. seasons are the best. Succession. Yeah. Better Call Saul gets better as it goes on, sorry. Yeah. Because oh, oh, you can be... There are some really great shows where you do, unfortunately, say, just get through the first season, which is really Because we know plenty of shows where the first season is amazing and then it drops off. And then it drops off, yeah. Some of the worst final seasons of TV shows. Hmm... Game of Thrones probably it's probably the worst final season considering how good it was is, am, I, am I wrong to say that Game of Thrones is the worst final season relative to the rest of the seasons of any other TV show that came out is that unfair mm. you know what I thought had a bad last season Sherlock I, I stopped watching it was a really weird ending how I met your mother I heard had a Killing Eve ending. went I heard Killing yeah, Eve when I watched it not, crashed and burned lost completely fell apart got lost but, um, apparently, the, apparently the writers didn't know if they were being recommissioned do you remember Heroes? yeah yeah but I never watched it you it, never watched it? it it sounded like it would have been right season, on my street brilliant yeah Gr- and also so neatly wrapped up at the end mm. and then it got really bad and they, you know it got bad because by season 4 they had killed off every single new character they brought in in seasons 2 and 3 oh right they brought in loads of new characters and then they realised it wasn't working they just slowly killed them all off mm. or, or disappeared them in some you know written off way Did you, were, you, were you ever into How I Met Your Mother? no never I've heard that no I've never no no I've, just, I've seen bits of it but no I was never into it no first like five seasons are what are good the rest, yeah. the second half of, the, of that show is terrible mm. they strung it out for so long How I Met Your Father just got cancelled yeah no, I, I saw clips of that and it looked really it's almost like they didn't have the laughter track on it. You know, just, just empty. Did, was there a laughter track yeah, on it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like one of those things that you can almost hear the air conditioning because it's just so like sparse and like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, there we go. Uh, I, I, don't, I can't think of any more off the top of my head. Well, guys, there you go. Those are some of the emails that we got sent in this week. Please send us your emails to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and we will read them out in a future episode. George, it's time to end with a game. James, we finished with a very two very simple rounds of name seven of something. Mm-hmm. And in 30. In, name seven in 30. Okay. Name seven something. We've settled on that fair amount because we've done like 10 in 30, yeah. five in 30. Seven's a good number as well. I like it. So I'm going to name seven 
Uh, I'm sorry, no, you're going to... I'm going to ask you to name seven of a certain thing within 30 seconds. Okay. Both of these are actor themes. Okay. So, James, are you ready? Yes. In 30 seconds, can you name seven Cameron Diaz films? Go. Okay. There's something about Mary, The Holiday, Charlie's Angels, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Um, we're going to go for Cameron Diaz, Night and Day. Um... <sighs> I'm so close. 10 seconds. Um, Cameron Diaz is in Other Things, and I really like Cameron Diaz. She's great. Uh, oh, what's that one with, with, uh, with Kate Upton? Uh, the Girlfriend. No. Wow. Uh, I think it's, is it, it's called The Other Woman. The Other Woman. I'll let you have that. So what <laughs> have you got again? So I said, uh, there's something about Mary. Charlie's Angels. One and two. One and two. I said, Night and Day. Yeah. I said, oh, The Holiday. Yeah. And I That's said, good. and the other woman, the other woman. So you could have had the mask. Ah, yeah. You could have had Annie, Annie, um, oh, um, uh, Gangs of New York, Gangs of New York. Oh, being John Malkovich, she's in that as well. Yes. Unrecognizable. Yeah. yeah. It? Um, she, she's one of those actors. Obviously, she hasn't made a film in like ten years. Yeah, yeah. But she's coming back, but obviously was around and a huge star. I like her. I think she's really good. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you've named her big stuff there though. Yeah. I don't think there's, is there a big Cameron Diaz movie you've missed? What is the biggest Cameron Diaz movie? I would probably. probably say the holiday I think right now. people would either say the holiday. There's something about Mary, or there's something about Mary's great. I think it's great. With the Charlie's Angels, yeah. But is, does anyone really champion Charlie's Angels? Oh my god! Last time I said that, people then, wrote uh, in. People wrote in. Yeah, my yeah, god! Yeah. I take it back. I take it back. Yeah. Put your keyboards down. <laughs> um, next one. I'm gonna. This one should be hard because there's loads. Okay. Surely that's okay. James. In 30 seconds, can you name... Wait. <laughs> going to start the timer. In 30 seconds, can you name seven Michael Caine movies? No, Nolan. Oh, Go. Okay. Uh, the Italian Job. Uh, Harry Brown. Um, oh, I'm all thinking about is Nolan. <laughs> You've done the don't think of an elephant thing. Um, oh, my God. Okay. Shh. <laughs> He's in so much. All I'm thinking about is Nolan now. <laughs> this is so annoying. Going back. Um, oh my God. And I, I, time. So you had, so you had for an actor who's been acting for about 60 years and is in loads, you got Harry got Brown. Harry Brown, the Italian job. Disgraceful. You could have said, get Carter. Yeah. Um, uh, um, obviously, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm also here as well. <laughs> <as a joke. laughs> You, you could have said, get Carter, Miss Congeniality. I forget he's in that. Kingsman, Zulu, Kingsman. Zulu. Now You one. See Me, yeah. uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, um, Austin Powers in Goldmember. <laughs> like a very, a real miscellaneous. Jaws the Revenge. Like, uh, do you know what I mean? It's very, very Now You See Me villain. Too, uh, <laughs> The Man Who Would Be King, Dressed to Kill, Educating Rita, Nomeo and Juliet, Hannah and Her Sisters, The Quiet <sighs> American. Um, um, Cider House Rules, Children of Men, yeah, Lowe's Cars Two, <laughs> with that Journey used... to the Center of the Earth. Not, I can't say I've seen it. Going in Style with Alan Arkin and Morgan oh, Freeman. Like, that's one I could have got. So Going in Style. So he's been, he's one of those actors yeah. in Lowe's, and he doesn't. He's not um, genre fussy. Oh no, he he takes the he takes the paycheck when yeah. it comes. Yeah, I mean he 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 really did a lot of things. I mean, let me just. See what he's done recently. You, yeah, that was a real don't think of an elephant there. I, know, I really got you. I really, really got you. <laughs> All I could think of was that one scene he's got in an old gentleman's club in Tenet. 
Yes. Just him like sitting as, as and, and eating steak. The character which... called, he's called Michael, Michael. isn't he? Yeah, Sir Michael. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't really do uh, character names. He doesn't bother. A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Zulu, the... I feel like I could have got. It's one of his OG ones, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That was, that was his big break. Um, anyway, guys, so there you go. That was episode 93 of Pulp Kitchen. Mm-hmm. It was 93, wasn't it, James? It was. it was 93, yeah. Got exciting stuff coming up soon. Um, would you like to tell people what to do? Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pulp Kitchen. We really appreciate you spending your time with us. Don't forget that I was about to do your bit. Don't forget, we post new episodes of Pulp Kitchen every single Wednesday. And please continue to like and subscribe and follow us on Instagram and TikTok and all other social channels and comment and, and, and share and send the link to people and rate and review and just give us your support. We really appreciate it. It keeps us going. We're getting there and we can't do it without you guys. It really makes a huge difference and we really are just so thankful. For uh, we just put out a bonus on last Friday if you haven't checked out already we talked about uh, this This Hurt My Feelings You Hurt My Feelings, you hurt my feelings. And, and that film did yes and uh, Pat talked about Passages so yes. if you haven't checked that out please go and check that out that's a really good uh, really good one and just Rest. clear your diaries guys because there's lots of interesting films coming oh yeah out. what a great time to be subscribed to Paul Kitchen I'm exciting <laughs> yeah. yeah what a great exciting to be what? listening to you're the show you're not subscribed <laughs> come on alright guys have a great week see you next see week you.